0: What happened when the king of Ai saw it, that the men of this city heard and rose early and went out against the Israel to battle he and all his people at the appointed time placed before the plain but he did not know I gotta do my best not to preach this before I preach this but look at your neighbor and tell him there's something that your enemy doesn't know Come on, that should get you excited. Look at somebody else and tell them there is something that your enemy does. If y'all gonna be up here, y'all gonna have to help me preach, all right? Look at somebody next to you and tell them there's something, there's something your enemy doesn't know. That there was an ambush. You don't know this about your God. Your God likes ambushes. He likes to put you in a place where the Red Sea's in front of you and the Egyptians are behind you. And you look like you're between a rock and a hard place. And you're crying out to God saying, I think it's all over. And he's laughing saying, baby, it has just begun. It is far from over. He did not know that there was an ambush against him behind the city. And Joshua and all Israel made as if they were beaten before them and fled by the way of the wilderness. Just because I'm running don't mean I lost. Just because I'm running don't mean I'm whooped. Some of y'all never grew up fighting. You thought you won that fight because the person took off running. You didn't know they went to get their cousins, did you? You, you thought you were one. You bragging to your friends. I won that one. You didn't know they were coming back. But the cousins were in town from Charlotte, North Carolina, visiting for the summer. You learned the hard way. So all the people who were in AI came out together to pursue them. And they pursued Joshua and were drawn away from the city. There was not a man left in Ai or Bethel who did not go out after Israel. So they left the city open. Somebody say it's open. open. Come on, somebody prophesy. Somebody say it's open what's open that part that the enemy used to protect used to close off used to say you can come this far and no further it is now wide open the enemy has left his place he's no longer guarding what god called you to have it is wide open then the lord said to joshua stretch out the spear that is in your hand towards Ai for I will give it into your hand and Joshua stretched out the spear that was in his hand towards the city so those in the ambush arose quickly out of their place they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand and they entered the city and took it and hurried to set the city on fire let it burn we don't need no water All right, Pastor, stop there. We in church. And when the men of Ai looked behind them, they saw and behold the smoke of the city ascended to heaven. So they had no power to flee this way or that. And the people who had fled to the wilderness, t- somebody say, turn it around, turn it around, turn turn back on the pursuers. God said, I'm gonna turn you into a pursuer of those that have pursued you. The enemy was coming after you and you're about to go after him. Now when Joshua and all of Israel saw that the ambush had taken the city and that the smoke of the city ascended they turned back and struck down the men of Ai then the others came out of the city against them so they were caught in the middle somebody say caught in the middle it's amazing how fast a battle can turn one second I'm running for my life next thing you know I've got the enemy surrounded One second, I'm in a prison. Next thing you know, I'm second in command in the palace. One second, I'm in a tomb for three days. Next thing you know, I've got the keys to hell, death, and the... It don't take but a second for it to turn around. Some on this side and some on that. And they struck them down so that they let none of them remain or escape. Somebody said, they ain't gonna mess with my kids. Father God, we're grateful, we're thankful that you're a God that fights on our behalf. You're a God that turns everything for our good. God, you're a God that heals, that restores, that delivers, that provides, that anoints, that guards our heart and guards our minds in Christ Jesus. So God, I don't know what everybody needs, but you know. God, we're praying in this moment that you would do it. May the words of my lips be used by your hand to release us into a new season. And God will be ever so careful to give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. In the matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen and amen. I believe in times and seasons. I am one of those weird optimists that when a year turns, I get excited. Some of y'all pessimists are like, oh, New Year, old me. I don't like that whole New Year's resolution, new goals. No, 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 no. That's hype. I'm just consistent. You may have heard me say this before Union Church. The Bible says that his mercies are new every morning. Which means that my God, I got an amen from back here. I forgot y'all went back here. I said, amen, who behind me? That means that my God acknowledges days. He acknowledges night and he acknowledges morning. And if God acknowledges morning, then why should I not acknowledge morning? If he said his mercies are new every morning, imagine how amazing they are every new year, every 365 mornings that come past. If he has new grace and new mercy and new favor for me after 24 hours, imagine what he has for me out after 365 days. I believe in times and seasons. I don't just believe in times and seasons in the natural, though. I believe in times and seasons in the spiritual. We know time. Time is I'm setting my alarm clock. This is when I need to get awake. Time is here's this is the meeting, and here's the doctor's appointment, and here's this, and here's that. This is, we 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 live within somebody say time. We also understand seasons spring is the season that that life begins to come back flowers buds leaves begin to open up the days begin to get longer daylight saving is coming i don't know why we still do that because i ain't a farmer but i'm just mad when it's dark and i'm happy when it's light outside we understand when spring turns into summer it's that season where it starts to get hot where we start to cry out for a beach and it ain't ocean city it's one of them places where the water is blue or clear they all excited in Florida because they got blue water keep going south to Barbados and the water ain't got no color it's just clear what's the color of the water? whatever the color your toes is because that's what you're going to see is that time where the last harvest is available where leaves start to fall off the trees where the days start to get shorter and the temperature starts to drop winter winter is where we're stuck right now Winters when it gets cold. Winters when it gets dark. I, I was talking to a landscaper and I was saying, man, I got these little bald spots on my lawn. How do I fix the bald spots? Let's put some seed down in the bald spots. He said, no, 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 no. Wait till right before winter before you seed your grass. Because if you seed it right before winter, it snows on top of the seed and the seed actually sinks down into the ground and it has a whole winter season to germinate. It may not seem like anything's happening under the ground but it's catching root matter of fact he said you really don't want to seed in the summer because it's too hot and before it has an opportunity to catch a root it will be scorched by the sun and die this ain't the message but can I prophesy to you you might be in a winter season where it looks like nothing is going on you're just looking at the superficial level what you do not know are there seeds of favor seeds of blessing seeds of open door that are germinating below the ground and you think because it pops up in the spring it happened in the spring what happens in the spring was planted in the winter there's times and there's seasons I believe in times and seasons but not just in the natural I believe in times and seasons in the spiritual the Bible says in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4, in the fullness of time, God sent his son, born of a woman, to be the savior. Of, in the fullness, what does that mean? It means God was waiting for the perfect time. Talking about Joseph, it, it said, until the time. That the word over his life was to come to pass. God tested him. There's chronos time, which is the natural time. And then there's kairos time, the divine time. Chronos is 12, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5 o'clock. October, November, December. Kairos is a collision between heaven and earth. There's times and seasons in the spiritual realm, just like in the natural realm. There's there's seasons of pruning that nobody likes. There's those seasons where it feels like none of our prayers are being answered and it feels like things are just being cut out of our life. Friendships that we wanted to hold on to, maybe positions that we wish we had, maybe ideas that we were holding. Just seems anybody been in a pruning season where it feels like God is involuntarily cutting things out of your life that you're like, I needed that. I I wanted that. I like that. What is going? You're in a pruning season season By the way the Bible says he only prunes those he loves Somebody say it's not pruning it's preparation you think he's cutting relationships out of your life, what he is doing is he's making room for the supernatural. He said, that was good but what I'm getting ready to bring is going to be 30, 60 or 100 fold better. He said, what you've lost is nothing compared to what I'm getting ready to send. There's seasons of pruning. There's seasons of preparation. There's seasons of inhibited blessings. Somebody say amen. I like those seasons. Oh, those are the seasons when I'm blessed when I come and I'm blessed when I go those are the seasons that he goes before me and behind me those are the seasons where checks show up in the mail and phone calls just start happening and, and people just start to say someone told me that you're the answer to my problem and you don't even know who someone is and how someone heard about you but they're dropping your names in somebody say seasons of blessing then there's seasons of storms I don't like those seasons. Those are the seasons that the Bible talks about when the enemy comes in like a flood. That's when it's not just one problem, it's four that's when I'm not just getting hit from one direction but I'm getting hit from three different directions it's not just money it's money, health, and relationships it's not just a relationship but it's a relationship and and it's a child and it's this and it's that and I I feel overwhelmed and I feel like Jesus is sleeping in my boat and I've heard all the preachers say if Jesus is asleep well you sleep too well I can't sleep because the storm is too loud there's... There's seasons of storms and there's seasons of warfare. There's seasons when I feel like I'm fighting for my life, fighting for my sanity, fighting just for the will to wake up tomorrow morning. I'm fighting and I don't know when this battle is going to be over. They tell me it's a season, but this season, the season's been pretty long one of the things that I noticed in seasons, both in the natural and in the spiritual, is one of the things that get us through a season is anticipation for the next season. You ever heard people complain about how hot it is? Oh, the humidity. I'm like, be quiet. Don't you remember what winter is like? Where you can't talk to anybody because you jump out of your car, run into the building, and close the door behind you. It's amazing how in one season we're looking forward to the, can't wait till it cools down. I can't wait to make hot chocolate. You can't make hot chocolate in July. Can't wait for the snow. My, My Zoe girl, she's like, Daddy, it hasn't snowed yet. I said, yeah, baby girl, God answered my prayer. I can't have no snow, especially on the weekend. Y'all be tripping. Oh, it's snowed outside. I can't go back to church for 10 months. Things pastors think about. But one of the things that I've discovered is so stressful. Is that when I get to a season shift? This is the moment that summer turns to fall, that fall turns to winter, that winter turns to spring. This is the moment that the groundhog's supposed to stick his head up and wave at everybody. This is the moment that it's not supposed to be 97 degrees. It's supposed to be dropping into the 80s. But for some reason, I don't know if it's Al Gore, I don't know if it's global warming, I don't know if it's the end time. But it seems like the season doesn't end when it's supposed to end. People start talking and chattering when, when we're moving into June and it's still chilly outside. And, and there's still trees that have not gotten all of their leaves. People really get stressed out when we're moving into October and we're still seeing 91 and 92 and 93. Now, this is the fall season. This is the time where the temperature is supposed to drop. When people really get stressed out is when we start moving into March they're talking about snow is coming next week if you're going to extend any season don't don't extend the season of winter don't don't extend the darkest coldest most miserable horrible season of the year if you're going to cut it's something about the worst seasons that seem like they're going to last longer than they should. I thought it should have shifted by now. I thought it should have changed by now. I thought we would have moved past this season by now. This is where Israel found themselves after the battle with AI. You see, they had spent not a season, a generation in the wilderness. And here's what you may not know. They weren't just marching around for 40 years. They were fighting for their lives. You see, the nations around them said, here is a wealthy, prosperous nation that has no home. They're sitting ducks. Let's attack them. So attack after attack after attack, Israel experienced in the wilderness. One attack was so overwhelming, they couldn't fight for themselves. So God sent ginormous hailstones from the heavens to destroy their enemy. Another attack, God said, the victory in this attack is going to be based on the strength of your leader. Preach that to yourself on your way home. So as long as Moses' hands are lifted up, there's going to be victory in the valley. But the second Moses gets exhausted and his hands start dropping, there's going to be death and defeat in the valley. And and Moses had his hands up for the first part of the battle, but, but as every single human does, he got tired, he got exhausted, and his hands started to drop and people started to die. I'm talking to a leader of a home, a leader of their job, a leader of their family, a leader of a connect group don't you dare let your hands drop there are people that are relying on you they said we can't let his hands drop they put a stool under him and and Joshua a nun uh, uh, Ben Hur came and Aaron and held his hands up so there can be victory they were used to fighting for their lives and then that moment came They crossed the Jericho River. They marched around the walls seven times. They shouted with the voice of triumph. And the walls came falling down. And they said, this is a moment that our season has changed. No more taking L's. No more not having a home. We've stepped into a season of victory. And after the greatest victory of their lifetime, then they faced the greatest defeat. They go up to Ai, and they're defeated. 36 of their men are slaughtered. They come back to their city devastated. Saying, I thought our season had changed. I thought we were done with these defeats. Surely after Jericho, I thought it was smooth sailing from here. Union Church... I was praying and preparing for this, I just felt like the Holy Spirit said, there are some people in this church that are getting discouraged because they thought at the top of this new year that their season had shifted. And now four weeks into the new year, they find that some battles from 2022 have followed them into 2023. Some setbacks of 2022 had followed them into 2023. And they're beginning to say, I thought this season would have been over by now. Maybe like me, you got super excited when the year turned and you're like, this this is my year of favor. This this is the year I'm going to prepare a space for miracles to move and, and for God to do what only he can. And here we are 27 days into the year and it really looks like December. And I'm having the same conversations I had last October. I'm taking the same medication I was last September having the same conversations with my boss and and, and co-workers that I did last year. I thought for certain this season would have shifted by now. And just in their moment of discouragement, here's what it says in Joshua chapter 8 verse 1. Now the Lord said to Joshua, Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. Take all the people of war with you, And arise and go to the last place of your defeat. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai, his people, his city, and his land. Union Church, on this 20th day of 21 days of prayer and fasting, the Almighty God sent me to tell you, do not be afraid, do not be dismayed. Take you and all the fighting men with you and go back to your last place of defeat for your God is with you and you will see victory. Come on, shout it with me. Somebody say, the battle is about to turn. Come on, somebody say, the battle is about to turn. Your battle, your season has changed. Your season has shifted. Your battle is about to turn. Three things to write down and we'll be out of here. The first thing is this. Your battle is about to turn because Yeshua is in the camp. Yeshua is in the camp. Here's why Israel got paranoid. Because when they face that defeat, you could cut for two seconds. I'm going to bring you back two seconds later. When they faced that defeat of AI, it triggered them to their last defeat. They said, I remember the last time we had to bury soldiers. I remember the last time this happened. And because this happened to me three years ago, I feel like I'm back in that season three years ago. Some of you are in that place of paranoia right now. Something happened within the first first four weeks of this year that happened to you last year or the year before that and you were triggered into thinking, man, I've been here before and it ain't good. But just because it looks the same doesn't mean it is. Just because it feels the same doesn't mean that it... That's why the Bible says we live by faith faith not by because if you analyze everything in your life by sight your brain's gonna play tricks on you it's gonna tell you the last time someone told you that here's what happened which means it's about to happen again the last time that happened here's what happened and that means it's gonna happen uh so some of you have a meeting with your boss to get a promotion and you think you're about to be terminated Because the last time I got called in, here's what, it's a different season. Pastor, how do you know it's a different season? Well, Joshua chapter 8 verse 9 says this, Joshua therefore sent them out and they went to lie in the ambush and stayed between Bethel and Ai. This was the night before the battle. They had lost to Ai. Joshua had fallen on his face and cried out to God. The angel of the Lord had come to Joshua. And Joshua said, are you for me or against you? Joshua, he said, I ain't for you and I ain't against you. I am of the Lord's army. Get up off your face and go do what I told you to do. This second battle, God said, I am with you. And here's what it says. Joshua therefore sent them out and they went to lie in ambush And stayed between Bethel and Ai and the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. One more. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. Here's what was different about this battle. This battle, Joshua didn't stay behind. The first time they went to Ai, Joshua said, oh, this country is so much smaller than Jericho. We don't need to send all the people. You guys go on ahead and I'll stay back. And they learned the hard way that if Joshua's not in the camp, victory ain't going to happen. Somebody say, if Joshua's not in the camp, victory is not going to happen. This time, Joshua said, I'm not leaving, y'all. I'm spending the night in the camp with you. Joshua. 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 Yeah. Yeshua. Sure. You know, Joshua is English for Yeshua. You know, it's also English for Yeshua. Jesus. I don't know why they call him Jesus. They should call him Yeshua. because Somebody say Yeshua's in the camp. What's different? The difference is that Jesus said, I ain't leaving you. The difference is Jesus said, where you sleep, I sleep. Where you lay your head, I lay my head. Where you wake up, I wake up. Where you fight, I... What's different this time, pastor? Can I tell you what's different? Jesus is fighting with you this time. Why wasn't he with them the first time? Well, they kind of got a little greedy. They went to fight Jericho, and he said, the first city belongs to me. And there was this little guy named Achan, and he saw a Gucci jacket in Jericho, and he said, what a waste. God doesn't even wear Gucci. It's my size. I'll hold on to this, and I'll, you know, give him some goats or something like that. (laughs) Y'all just don't read your Bible correctly. You would have seen that, too. And because they kept what belonged to the Lord, they lost the favor of the Lord and lost the battle. But as soon as Joshua figured out what the problem was, he got the Gucci coat, Aiken, and his whole family. And you can read that part on it, the, but they handled their business. And he said, God, you now have what belongs to you you are now rightfully in the right place in our family, in our nation, in our home. What have we been doing over these last 20 days saying God forgive me, there were some things that belong to you that I've kept for myself but God I'm returning them to you. God forgive me because in past years I just ran into the year thinking it was my year but this year I'm pausing and saying this year belongs to you. I'm putting you first rightfully in my life. When you put God back into his rightful place, he in Camps in your life. The Bible says when you praise him the way you ought to praise him, that he encamps in the praises of his. Somebody say, Yeshua's in the camp. I got to stir your faith, Union Church. You've got to understand that Jesus is with you. Daniel chapter 3 verse 25 says this, look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth man is the Son of God. Some of us have been so consumed on the fire that we're walking through that we haven't even paused to notice there's somebody else that is now with us that wasn't with us before i'm not the only person that's in this chemotherapy i'm not the only person that's going through these proceedings i'm not the only person that's battling with insomnia there is a fourth man in the fire and he has not left me alone somebody needs to hear this you ain't fighting this fight by yourself jesus is in the camp the second reason why the battle's about to turn is because your enemy is overconfident Your enemy is overcome. You've got to learn how to read a battle. And because we don't know how to read a battle, we misinterpret the situation that we're in. Here's what happened when Israel showed up for that second fight. Ai said, we whooped them the first time, we're going to whoop them a second time. They didn't know that Joshua had spent the night with them. They didn't know they had been talking to the Lord and he had given them a strategy and there was an ambush. All they knew is we won last time, we're going to win again. And it says everybody came out of the city because they always wanted a part of the victory. When you read God's word, the kingdom's greatest victories have come when the enemy was the most confident. Let me say that again. When you read the Bible, the kingdom's greatest victories have always come when the enemy was the most confident. How confident do you have to be to get a third of all the angels to start a civil war in heaven? You got to be pretty confident. I mean, it's one thing to fight on neutral ground. You up in this man's house, this man's heaven. Talking about, I think I can take him. Y'all with me? Stupid angels are like, let's go. They were confident. And here's what Jesus said. He said, I was there when Satan fell like lightning. We add stuff to scripture that was not there. We add to scripture that there was some battle in heaven. There is no biblical context for a battle in heaven. All we have is a thought in Satan and lightning dropping. That's not a battle. That's a massacre. How confident do you have to be to think you can overthrow God in his heaven? When your enemy is the most confident is when you're on the verge of your greatest victory. How confident do you think that the enemy was after he had taken all of Job's kids and all of his possessions and all of his hope and all of his faith? And he said, I've got Job right where I want him, not knowing that God was getting ready to bless Job in a way that would make his former life be silly compared to what he was getting ready. How confident do you think the enemy was when he said every Hebrew boy two years or under is going to be drowned in the Nile River because I am can control over this entire nation he had no idea that at his greatest moment of confidence god was raising up the greatest deliverer that israel had ever seen in his life how confident do you think satan was when jesus was in that grave for that second day the first day he was nervous because he's like i've seen him raise the dead he might get up himself but on that second day they were partying in hell they were saying oh i think we won this one oh i think it's over his greatest confidence Confidence is a precursor to his greatest defeat and you think you're about to march around that same miserable mountain again because your battle is more intense than it has ever been they've never said that to me before The doctor has never seen that before. I've never felt this bad before. It's never been this hopeless before. You've got to get the eyes of faith to understand that when the battle is the hottest, when the enemy is the most confident, it means that I am closer to my victory than I have ever been before. Read your Bible. What happened right before that man's son, who had the issue with seizures, was healed by Almighty God? It says that the enemy took the boy to the ground, and he had the worst seizure he had ever had in his life. And Jesus just stared completely unamused because he knew this was the last time that the enemy was going to get to act up in that boy's life. I wish I had some people that had some faith to say, this is the last time that the enemy is going to get to act up. Enjoy it while you can. I hope you enjoy this moment because this is the last time I'm going to see your face around here. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 7 says this, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you. I ain't talking to them. I get overwhelmed when I face battles. I get discouraged. I get even depressed. If you would ask my wife, I don't get depressed. I'm full of faith. My wife was well. on your day off. You didn't get out of bed. So that looked pretty bad. I get discouraged when the battle looks bad. Because I don't understand how God's kingdom works. I heard one preacher say, you've got to understand in order for God to bless you, your enemies have to be present. And you're mad because it seems like you're taking arrows and blows all over the place, and you're like, my God, my God, why haven't you forsaken me? And God says, don't you know, I'm in the kitchen cooking right now, and I'm preparing a table for you in the presence of your... And your cup is getting ready to... When the enemy is most confident... Is when your victory is right around the corner. Don't let this season lie to you. It is not the same season. It is not the same time. You are not about to march around this mountain another time. You are not about to relive that year again. Your victory is closer than it has ever been. You gonna make me preach by myself? I'm having too much fun. All right, let's end this thing. Write this down. Your victory will be overwhelming. Don't be reading my notes. Who? Y'all can see my notes now, can't you? That's why we don't let people on stage. I was, I always. Can I, can I let you into my home for a second? I, I love my wife. I, y'all, I'm not shady all the time. Calm down. <laughs> One of the reasons why I love my wife is the way she consumes what I preach like, Pastor, do you think the church loves your preaching? I, I know they do, but I actually don't care because my wife loves it so much that if is the only person I'm preaching to, I, I, get, I get amens before y'all hear it on a Sunday. And almost every single time I preach a message, I preach it to her first. I finished this, I went running over there, I said, babe, you would not believe the battle's about to turn, the battle's about to turn, the battle's about to turn, because Yeshua's in your camp, you know, Joshua, Yeshua, Jesus, it's, I'm, I'm unpacking this thing for her, I'm just like, the enemy's overconfident, that's why I'm taking L's right now, he's overconfident, but that don't matter, because that means God's about to later, smack it down, I mean, I'm, I'm preaching this thing to her. She says, what about that person that says, I don't know if Jesus is in my camp. She said, what about that person that says, how do I know the enemy is not overconfident? He's just not victorious. How do I know that this message applies to me? She says, what about that person? You're in my house. Okay, so you're going to hear a real how I talk in my house. I said, babe, I can't help that person. I said, all I can do is put the prophetic word of the Lord out. And then every individual has to decide, will they receive it by faith? Or will they receive it with cynicism and saying, I've heard that before. Every person has to decide when to go and shout are you going to shout before the walls come down? Are you going to wait for the walls to come down before you shout? And by the way, if you're the type of person that you have to see it before you believe it, you will never... So I'm going to preach this next part. And I challenge you to receive it by faith. I don't care if you have an email on your phone right now that says the exact opposite. Whose report Will you believe? I choose. It's a choice. Sometimes a choice that has no evidence, but it's a choice. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. I don't care what the report on my phone says. I don't care what the report on QuickBooks says. I don't care what the report says in the courthouse. I choose to believe the report of the Lord. And the report of the Lord is that I am the head and not the tail. I am above and not beneath. That I have never been alone since the day I accepted Jesus. The report says that he goes before me and he fights behind me. The report says that as I'm talking to you, molecules in my body are supernaturally mending and healing me. The report says that by his stripes I am healed. The report says that I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor their children begging for bread. Can I pay that bill? No, I can't. But I'm blessed. I'm healed. I'm walking in abundance, moving at the speed of the Holy Spirit. That's the report that I choose to believe the last point is this your victory will be overwhelming and I've got to get your faith in the right place we've got to get over this survival faith we've got to get to the faith of thriving we've got to stop praying these prayers of God if you start praying prayers of God when you Hear me, I'm not judging you. I'm just leading you to where I have been. I was talking to Pastor Brian this week. He said, how do you feel about Charlotte? I said, Brian, I'm numb. I said, if I be honest with you, I'm not feeling anything right now, but I know it's a big deal. And he said, I understand exactly what you're saying. You're like, Pastor, you should be excited. You should be elated. Can I be honest with you? It's too big for me to comprehend. I I can't grab emotion because I don't know what's going on. My prayer is, God, help me reach a 1,000 people before I'm 65. I'm 35 and we're taking another state? What in the world? This is not what you pray for. This is not what you strategize for. This is not what you position yourself for. This is... who. Does this God, God, God does? God says, Before you go into AI, before you go into this victory, before you go into this fight, let me help you with what you're getting yourself into. In verse 2, he said this, and you shall do to AI and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Somebody say, Jericho. Jericho. We, we like to shout about Jericho because they'll preach real good. March one time. Anybody grew up in a church where they Jericho marched in service? Next thing you... Come on, tell the truth, shame the devil. You ever invited a visitor on Jericho March Sunday and you didn't know it was Jericho March Sunday and your unsaved coworker is like... And your stomach is sick because you're like, y'all could have sent an email and told me it was Jericho March Sunday. I'd have left them home and brought them next Sunday. We love a good Jericho March. It's because we don't know the difference between Jericho and Ai. God said, you're going to do to the king of Ai the same thing that you did to the king of Jericho. Only there's one difference. This battle, all of its spoils and its cattle, you shall take as booty. Now, now I pride myself In knowing where the line is and coming right up on that line and not stepping over that line. And I'm right at that line, so I ain't gonna step over. But if I were to step over, I would tell you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor that there's spoil and there is cattle. I gotta hurry up and finish this message I just lay an ambush for the city behind it because the word of the Lord to you Union Church is this next victory that you face you get to keep it all this this city belongs to you this victory belongs to you this one is for your house and this one is for your kids and this one is for your health and this one is for your home this one you don't have to return this one ain't for the kingdom, this one is for your home, Union Church God sent me to say that you've been faithful, you've honored him, you've put him first, you've built his kingdom and now he is getting ready to add all these. he said this battle you get to keep it for yourself this... there is spiritual and there is super spiritual spiritual is God your first super spiritual is God is all there is He said, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these other things will be added. He didn't say seek only and somehow our theology has gotten messed up that I'm only allowed to pray for the salvation of my loved ones and I'm only allowed to pray for the increase of my church and I'm only allowed to pray for the advancement of God's kingdom well listen baby you are God's kingdom because greater is he that lives inside of you than you anything that you can face in this world and he said anybody that's given up mother or father or home or job for my sake he said I'm giving it back to you 100 times and with that eternity so hear me your family will be saved and your church is gonna move forward and we're gonna launch campuses all over the place but that's not the victory that God is talking about this time the victory he's talking about this time is for your home and your job and your kids and your family and everything that concerns you he said this time you get to keep it all can you take about 60 seconds and can you praise God that the battle is turning? The battle is turning. The battle is turning. The battle is turning. The battle. Is turning. The battle This day marks a shift in the season of this church. The old has passed away. All things have become new. I just sense it. God has taken us into a new season. And as your church goes, so your life goes. Indian church, you've been with me for years. You, you know how I preach. I'm super practical. I'm going to talk about your life. I'm going to tell you to read your Bible. I'm going to give you line upon line, precept upon precept. And here's what I need to do. Here, Pastor, what do I do after this one? There's only thing, one thing you got to do. Say, God, I receive it. Pastor, how do I make sure that that's true? Say, God, let it be according to my life, what was just said. And I decree and declare that in the next 30 days, anybody who's with me for a long time, you know, I don't throw out dates. I don't throw, I I, I don't, I don't play with God unless I know it's God. In the next 30 days, you will see a major battle turn into a major victory in your life. just where you are can you lift your hands in the lobby can you hop up on your feet if you're able can you stand on your feet father god i pray a prayer blessing over every single person god your word says that after your word goes forward that the enemy tries to steal it god we cancel the devourer in the name of jesus God, that seed of faith that was planted in our hearts tonight, it shall produce a harvest 30, 60, and 100-fold. No longer will we judge our outcome by our circumstance, but we will judge our outcome based on the word that you have spoken over us. And that is that this battle will end in our victory. We receive it and we believe it. Everybody shout amen. Amen. Yeah, 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 Real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. Just if you did what we told you not to do and you did bring a visitor or unbeliever or friend to Union Church, not that we don't want new people here, but Union Church, we need at least one service where you could Jericho March and not worry about scaring off new people. This is our Jericho March service. This is one where we do whatever, we act crazy and we apologize later, but... If you're in here, if you're watching online, if you're in Columbia in the lobby, if you'd be honest enough to say, Pastor, I do not know Jesus the way you're talking about. I grew up in church. I saw a bunch of foolishness and I wanted to know part of it. Maybe you grew up in another religion or maybe you, you grew up separated from God. I just sense a quickening in my spirit. There's some of you that you didn't grow up Christian. Maybe you grew up in a Muslim home or maybe you grew up with some Eastern religion or whatever it may be and you've prayed more than Christians have prayed and you've studied more than Christians have studied and you know you're still empty on the inside because it's only Jesus that brings life. If that's you, wherever you find yourself, this moment is for you. Jesus is able to prove himself real to you. He ain't scared of your agnosticism or your atheism or whatever other isms you got he can heal all of them he just needs you to invite him in right where you are if you say pastor that's me I need Jesus in my life the way you're talking about pray this prayer say Lord Jesus thank you for your patience thank you for waiting on me right now I receive your forgiveness your blood and your presence into my life thank you for dying on the cross that was for me my sin my mistakes have been erased and right now i surrender i give you all of me be my lord be my savior in jesus name amen and amen and amen come on And you welcome some new family members in.